Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I am your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And in this episode, we're doing something a little different. My friend and colleague, Tina Olson, is interviewing me all about human design and some other stuff. And the audio quality is a little iffy. You'll get used to it. Usually, I would not be a proponent of your habituating to and tolerating anything that is less than awesome. But in this case, please stick with it. There is gold in here, and I hope you enjoy it. Go forth and be awesome. Welcome to your own podcast. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for me having you having me. Having you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is so much fun. Thank you for having me. And we're flipping the script today, which is so much fun because uh, you have been down the rabbit hole with human design for how long? Um, not that long, like a year. Well, <laughs> wait, let me back up because I haven't been down the rabbit yeah. hole for a year. I've known okay, about fair. Career. Okay. And my I remember response was like, what? I'm not so sure about this crazy stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Let's, so let's start at that moment in time. What's the first thing that caused you to discover human design? So Brooke Miller on the podcast a little over a year ago. So so I've known about it a little longer than a year. She said to me how are you familiar with human design? And I was like, no. And I thought it was like, like it reminded me of creation, creationism for some reason. And I was super skeptical. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then she gave me some more information. And then she told me where to look up my design. And um, is the audio okay? Because it's feeling crackly over here. It just popped like once. Okay. Then we're going to keep going. Um, so anyway, I looked at my design, learned that, you know, saw the chaos of a human design chart and was like, what am I supposed to do with this? And I finally did some Googling. Not I finally did some Googling. I finally came up with something I could use in my searching and learned that manifesting generators were also known as warrior Buddhas. And I was like, oh, well, that resonates deeply for me. So that was enough to like light me up and be like, more, more. Then I had somebody at an event tell me about Jenna Zoe. She was like, well, then if you're interested in human design, then you know Jenna Zoe, right? And I was like, no, who's that? And then that was my true just dive down the rabbit hole once I learned who Jenna was and started following her on Instagram and following, like listening to every podcast she'd ever done. And then eventually took all of her trainings. So, um, okay. What's your definition of the rabbit hole? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, it's, huh? I don't know but I'm going to come up with something. It's basically being deep in and not <laughs> like seeing the world through this perspective. 
Hmm. What are some other analogies you would give with it? With for rabbit hole? Yeah. For the human design rabbit hole? Mm, either way. Because it's like a whole so human design, it feels like a big exhale of permission. It feels like finally being seen. And on the other hand, mm-hmm. it feels like this whole other universe. What's, wait, I want to know, what's your definition of a rabbit hole? Um, <clears throat> I don't think I tend to use rabbit hole. And so, like, to me, it's very literal. Like, rabbits make holes. And so what's interesting to me about it is, well, I hear people kind of use, I feel like somewhat synonymously, people use rabbit hole wormhole. Is that Mm -hmm. something that people potentially use as a synonym? I don't know. Um, And what's interesting to me is from my natural perspective, which is more of a like altitude as opposed to it going into the ground then i'm like okay so like what would make a rabbit hole expansive oh interesting so the rabbit hole for me it just feels like digging deeper and deeper and deeper not in a confined Mm -hmm. way there's nothing confined there's nothing like um being buried alive or anything terrifying like that (laughs) (laughs) it's just like more 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 so it could also be like building a tower yeah well and and as soon as you say that the visual that i get from it is so much more specific because i'm like well for crying out loud like i love surrounding myself with crystals those all come from the internal of the earth right like people love diamonds and pay a lot of money for them those come from within the earth so the analogy is really, really easy as you describe digging deeper and um, basically to see that like there's so many gems, there's so many things to be discovered. There's probably so many um, <laughs> forks in the hole <laughs> of various ways. How else is a rabbit going to eat a carrot? <laughs> it needs a fork, right? A fork in the hole. <laughs> Not that kind of a fork. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on from that. But I, I loved, I love hearing, um, hearing how you describe that. And why is it exciting to you to go down this particular rabbit hole? So my first answer to that is I don't know. Like it just mm. lit me up once I knew enough of it. But then my head answers with, it's, it felt like I finally had permission to be me which sounds so much more dramatic than it was. Um, or maybe not. Um, I had given myself permission to be me and there's so much chatter. Okay. Let's, let's back this up. Let's take the case of being a non-specific manifester, which is what I am. And that means that I'm not supposed to get super specific about what I want, that it's more of an open palm receiving Like, hey, universe, what's next? Being curious, being open to possibilities, embracing uncertainty and wanting what's best for the highest good for everyone. 
instead of getting super specific about what I want. And in the online business space, I had heard so much about you got to get super specific. You got to know every single detail about your client. You got to know every single detail about how much money you want to make and how you want to make it and all of that stuff. And I tried it on I, after throwing like basically a temper tantrum every time someone told me to be specific, I would try it on mm-hmm. and it just was like, put the brakes on my flow. Like everything just like screeched to a halt. It felt super icky. And then I discovered what it meant to be a non-specific manifester. And I was like, oh, so when non-specific manifestors try to get super specific, try and do things this specific way, it blocks our flow. And that mm-hmm. I had experienced so many times. So it was like, in a way, and I told you so. <laughs> like, that's not for right. me. The two things I'm hearing from that when you say like it gave me permission to be me and then you're like, but I already took permission to be me. I hear it like integrative, like that there's, we can go through life and have some large percentage of our energy, our being, our thoughts and all that heading in the one direction. You've talked about quite a bit about how you like the school system didn't work for you. The conditioned path didn't work for you. And you always kind of gave yourself permission to, as much as humanly possible, do your thing. And also, because we're species that are built to connect and to be a part of a tribe and desire, love, and connection, and all those things, there can still be an aspect of us hanging out every single time we're taking that machete and trailblazing, saying, are we sure we're not just walking off a cliff in two steps through this bush? Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I hear when you say that is that human design gave you that like permission to finally integrate that other piece that was like, am I chopping the machete in the wrong direction? I'm going to still chop it, but I might have to be a little careful when I'm walking. The other analogy that came up for me was like, if someone just kept throwing clothes over the changing room wall for you to try on, and they were like five sizes off of your size, you're like, I was trying to participate in this thing because I needed some new clothes, but for crying out loud, every time someone tossed something at me, it was so far off the mark that I was like repulsed. And then I'm spending all of this energy here and these things were never going to fit me. Yeah, that's a great, those are both great analogies. Um, Machete's a little violent, but that's okay. Hey, <laughs> you got to get through thick forest. So funny. I think about fresh tracks and snow, but, um, (laughs) um, yeah, but like my whole childhood, I remember thinking, all right, childhood goes up through grad school for this specific feeling. I remember I would feel like everyone else, it's like they have a way to do it and they're following the specific path. They're following the rules. It seems so easy for them. Mm. And so I'd be like, hmm, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it that way. And I never lasted a full day of doing it mm-hmm. that way. I would try, I remember doing this from like kindergarten on, trying to do it the way I thought I was quote unquote supposed to do. And I never, never made it a full, like even 12 hours. And I would just be like, oh, screw it, which is probably not what five year old me said, but like, get out of here and go back to doing it my way. Mm -hmm. 
which is just totally different. And what like self-trust and tenacity that took and courage and also like how different is your life now? You don't have to spend even 12 hours trying on someone else's way of doing things. Oh my God. So now I can put all of my energy into doing what I want to do to what feels Mm -hmm. where I feel pulled. So I'm not spending that energy wavering on whether somebody else knows what's best for me. I'm not like somebody else can tell me what to do. And I'm just like, "Mm -hmm. thanks anyways. And I know it's not for me because it doesn't resonate with my body. I know what to listen to now. And I know, I know that my, so for generators and manifesting generators, our sacral answers yes or no. And you have to tune into your own body to know exactly what that sounds like and what it feels like. But I now know that same feeling I've been feeling my whole life. I know it's true. Like, I feel like I've got, I got the evidence to back it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm 100% trusted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So for people who've never heard of human design or have potentially gone to, um, do you use jovianarchive.com as the primary source to pull up a, a free chart? I often use jovianarchive.com or mybodygraph.com. Okay. Awesome. Which I think is also owned by Jovian Archive. Okay, cool. So for either one of those that people might go to, they pull up their chart and I can tell you when I first saw mine, now granted, um, I just didn't even look at it or try to understand it because I already had a, you were at the time, you were just learning and wanting to play and you were doing these free 15 minute calls. And so I had just sent it over to you. I had never spoken to you before. <laughs> so funny. How That's, all this so funny. That's so weird. I know, right? And, um, but it reminds me of also seeing like an astrology birth chart for the first time. Like if you don't know what you're looking for and you pull up your human design chart, it looks like, I don't know. I mean, overwhelming is a word that comes to me. Um, I have a feeling that, that knowing how you are, curiosity was immediately piqued probably more so than overwhelm necessarily. Um, but it does, it looks like some sort of bizarre thing that, 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 that you kind of not relate to really anything other than the fact that there's kind of a person drawn. So you're like, is this a, is this a skeleton? <laughs> What's transpiring? Um, so let's say that somebody listening right now is kind of like at that phase of human design like they're either hearing some of it for the first time or they've maybe even pulled this up and they're like what am I even looking at here what are the handful of things um that you would want to tell them so that they could start learning more about this immensely like deep and complex and yet brilliant and beautiful and permission giving a way of seeing ourselves in our interaction with life and with others. Mm. So first of all, I want to say that, yeah, when I first saw a human design chart, I definitely was like, what is this? And I still (laughs) feel that way when I look at an astrology chart. And when I had somebody say like, oh, you must be really into gene keys too, since you're into human design. And I tried to understand gene keys and it just like, 
it, it doesn't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and human design, even though I didn't really get it at first, it kept calling to me, it kept nudging me. It kept saying like, come, come farther, dig deeper, keep going, which I find so interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know what's behind that, but I do feel like, oh, this is for me. All right. Mm-hmm. So now to answer the question, the first thing I would say when you first look at your chart is to not even look at your chart and just look at your energy type. So that's going to be mm-hmm. generator, manifesting generator, manifester, or projector, or reflector. And understanding your energy type is the first thing you need to know. Mm-hmm. The first thing is like, there's five different energy types. That's like five different types of humans on this planet. When we get into the rest of the chart, you'll see that there's so many differences. Like, not mm-hmm. all generators are the same at all. But understanding your energy type, all right, let's talk about that a little bit. So generators, generators and manifesting generators both have defined sacrals. And that, so if the words I'm saying make no sense to you, just skip over them. It doesn't work, it doesn't matter. But that means that we have this, it's like an intuitive hit. You can we can use ourselves as a magic eight ball. We ask like do I want to go skiing? And we either get a yes and we feel it in our whole body or we get a no. And and you kind of feel your, you almost feel yourself push back maybe. Um, Projectors are here to guide us. This is by the way, the super quick overview. Projectors are here to guide us. Manifestors are basically here to do what they want. And reflectors feel the, the energy, the emotion of the planet, of their environment, of the people around them. And that's the speediest thing. And I didn't even differentiate between generators and manifesting generators. And I feel like there is a big difference between generators and manifesting generators. And a lot of it comes down to play. Manifesting generators, we're kind of like pinball, pinball balls. We bounce from thing to thing to thing to thing. And whereas a generator, so manifesting generators and generators, we both listen to our sacral. Generator will check in with their sacral every day saying like, oh, do I still like ping pong? And the answer for a long period of time will probably be yes. Whereas a manifesting generator, someday that answer is going to be no. And it's time like, but oh, what's really lighting me up now? Badminton. I'm into racket sports right now, apparently two sports that I don't really know anything about. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, What was the first, to me, um, oftentimes we relate to something I love you describing so viscerally that it just lit you up. Like there's, it doesn't have to be words behind it. You just knew it was for you. That happened to me. I was reading the, Theta Healing Basics book. That was my very first encounter. I didn't even know what it was. Um, and I was seven pages in and I was in an airplane. I'll never forget. I started crying and the tears were like from my soul. Like they were knowing tears. They weren't sad. They were just like true. Yeah. And um, yeah, totally. Um, and then you're like, okay, so this is something that's important to, to, to follow. Right. Um, and also I feel like it's quite common for us to then need to have some sort of experience with the thing 
where we're like, oh, okay, this thing makes so much sense to me. It's so true to my experience that I can trust this system or trust the beliefs. Because inherently, anything that we're working with has been created by humans. Um, yeah, in both cases, human design and theta healing, it's been channeled by people. So obviously, it's coming from spirit, it's coming from somewhere bigger. And also, even the human who channels it is limited by their own language and their own, you know, belief systems and everything else, right? So part of what these things ask us to do when we start to dive in is to believe in kind of almost a certain set of assumptions or a certain set of beliefs that go along with the system, right? So where I'm going with all this is what were the first, what was the first thing or a few things around human design that we were like so resonant that you were like, oh yeah, yeah, I can put not only my own trust in this, but I really want to give this to others because I believe in it and I, I'm wanting to put my energy, my name, my trust, my, my um, whatever all the other words are that aren't coming to me right now <laughs> behind it. So the first, the first thing with there's absolutely no order in what I'm saying. So one thing would be what I said about being a non-specific manifester. That was, I wanted to shout it from the rooftops. I wanted people to know that, look, it's not, maybe vision boarding isn't for you. You don't have to freaking vision board. Yeah. In fact, it's going to block your flow. If you're a non-specific manifester, there's another way. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I think that there's another way all humans are different is what I have wanted to scream at the world since I had words like, mm. We're all different. Don't put mm -hmm. me in a box. Um, mm -hmm. Learning more and more about manifesting generators, learning that, like I said, we're here to play and we're not, we're not into limitations. Like time and space don't really do it for us. We're here, like I said, like the pinball, just pinging all over the place. And the universe calls us to each of the things we do because we need, we need to get something there. We need to get information from, from that experience. And then when we're done, we're done. We, we move on and we're here to carve our own path, not do it the way anyone else has done it. These things were like, Oh, and there's something else that I haven't talked about yet, but last year, I think I was talking a lot about being called a strong woman and this understanding a strong woman. Oh, she can handle it. It's okay. Everyone else in the group gets help, gets one-on-one -on -one attention from the coach or the teacher, but Kelsey's strong. She can handle it. She doesn't need it. And I recently learned this bit about manifesting generators that our energy is so big that people often ask us to do all the things because we have the energy mm -hmm. to do it. And so mm -hmm. we need to learn boundaries around mm -hmm. like where we, what we want to put our energy towards. And that to me resonates towards the same, like the strong woman comment that, mm -hmm. Oh, you can handle it. So will you do this and this and this and this? And as manifesting generators, as all, I mean, and this is true for all humans, 
know that you can say no, that for all of us, we really, truly are here to do what lights us up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what we can do, I mean, this brings me in so many directions, but I'll just choose one for right now. Um, the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks um, has the four part framework of things that you're in a zone of incompetence, competence, excellence, genius. If you're listening, you haven't read it, grab a copy. It's phenomenal. And I feel like what I hear you saying when you're like, I can do it, is it's like basically in order to make other people comfortable or satisfied or whatever, um, they're asking you to live in your zone of competence or excellence. It's like you can, maybe you're even really good at it. But if it doesn't light you up, it is inherently not in your zone of genius. And therefore, it is inherently not what you came here to do. And I feel like that's been one of the most uncomfortable transitions that I've made. So I'm a generator, although I don't know, we've got some theories (laughs) for another day. Um, And what I do know is I'm competent and capable, but I have a lot of energy to do a lot of things. And also, what I know is by doing all of those things that were in my zone of competence or excellence for a good chunk of my life, I learned the contrast of, of that way of living. And um, I'm now fully committed to living in my zone of genius, to living the things that light me up. And also I see the ways in which um, that transition can be hard for my human self, because when you talk about those relationships that are closest to you, um, people are used to relying on you and your energy in a certain kind of way. And so stepping up to your own zone of genius also inherently often means shadow work needs to be done Mm -hmm. because there's ways in which your own wounding, your own self-doubt, your own limiting beliefs or whatever is what has held you in this dynamic um, as opposed to then being able to free yourself to fully live within your design. So will you talk a little bit about how you see human design as it relates to both kind of shadow work and then this, the coaching that you do? Yeah, let's, okay, so a bunch of things just came up. And I guess the first thing that I need to like get out of the way is I think it's so interesting that you talk about the framework from The Big Leap. And I read that book, I've read it like three times. I don't know anything about any sort of framework that's in there. Like I've like, I take information right. and I just like it, it, I incorporate it into my body and it become like, I, I just yeah. actually learned that that is one of the gifts that my soul chose for me. So I never remember things like a framework. Um, and, and can we add in also for all the listeners who are like you on this, like you don't so much care about frameworks. No, I'm not into frameworks. So if you have yeah. an open Ajna, which is your second center from the top, if that's white, like it's not colored in, that's, it means it's open and you're probably not so into frameworks either. And that is okay. In fact, it's awesome. <laughs> Um, you can tell people that you might just walk away when they start talking about frameworks. It's cool. Meet people like Tina. And accepts you for your willingness to walk away. I was going to say, and then you just get to show me how much you unconditionally love me (laughs) because you remind me that you'll listen for a bit about my framework and then we're going to move on. 
So, and you still love me despite my love of frameworks. I do. I do. Absolutely. And this is what's so wonderful about human design. One of the things mm-hmm. is that we see other people's designs. And like when you're talking about framework, I'm like, that's her design. I know right. this lights her up to talk about this. I want her to keep talking about it. I, I don't really want to be listening, but I can handle it for a little while because <laughs> I love her that much. Well, and it's that this is the beauty of co-creation with other humans is there's always a happy medium of like, you can go into any topic as far as I'm concerned. And if it lights you the F up, like have your, have your day with it. And also like be mindful of how much you're asking somebody else to then play in a sandbox. It just might never be for them. Right. And so it's that beauty of that dance between we all get lit up when you're lit up (laughs) and also like being noticing when other people are getting lit up by what you're lit up about, then it's like an invitation to keep going. Yeah. And when other people aren't, it's like an invitation to change directions, right? And it's just like, I don't know, it's so much fun to just feel the ways in which we're lit up or not lit up. Yeah, I love the experiment behind all of human design. So I realize we haven't said what human design is. And in the most basic form, I think of it as your soul made all these decisions for before you, before you came to earth. Mm. It picked out mm-hmm. all this stuff for you so that you could be your best at doing whatever it is you're supposed to do while you're here at Earth. And then, so you're born day one, you know exactly what you're here to do. You know exactly how you're going to do it, like what all of your gifts are. And then people start humaning all over you and shooting mm-hmm. all over you. And that's called conditioning. All the things we're told we're supposed to do, all the things good girls and boys do, all of all of the things that we're taught and, you know, consciously or unconsciously, that's our conditioning. Mm-hmm. And learning human design is all about learning what your soul chose for you and then freeing yourself from the conditioning and actually living as your soul chose. It's huge. It's enormous. I love seeing us all. I love puzzles. And I love seeing us all as pieces of a giant, 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 multi, um, you know, billion piece jigsaw puzzle. And there are no two pieces that are alike. And each piece, if it's, living to its design, if it's living to its purpose, its intent, its soul um, truth, it fits right into that jigsaw puzzle. And it actually gets the benefit of seeing how good it feels to fit right into those that are meant to be around it. Um, and And yet, if we try to force ourselves into some spot in the puzzle that's not ours, what happens? I mean, frustration, you get your little nobules all torn up. <laughs> if you keep trying to push the piece of the puzzle right to the wrong spot, eventually like paper starts to shred, right? Like, um, so yeah, it's, it's really amazing when we can start seeing 
our uniqueness as our perfection because the ego, the, the formulated, the conditioned, the wounded aspect of the personality tends to see our differences as lack of perfection and the ways in which we can kind of get in line is how perfect we're doing. When in reality, of course, because the universe is full of paradox, it's the exact opposite. Our uniqueness is our perfection. Yes. Yes. And us all coming together and connecting is how we all work together to create, to create like the ultimate perfection. Mm-hmm. Right. We right. And we're, at, we're a precipice here on earth school. Um, Theta Healing has the belief that a bunch of us light workers volunteered to come down as like the tutors because earth school was needing, like if your kid wasn't doing well in school, would you uh, reprimand your kid? I hope not. I hope instead you decide to like, what kind of support can I best give this kid for its ultimate success? And so that's Theta Healing's belief around why so many light workers are incarnated right now is that we are the tutors in earth school. But of course that means we had to have successfully gone through many, many earth school courses ourselves during this lifetime. And of course we still will, cause we always have to stay ahead of the wave. Um, so we're all doing the work and also we're meant to share it. We're meant to um, be out there talking about this stuff, talking about how different life can be and also creating the new, um, you know, the new systems, the new ways of being, all that stuff so that earth can actually rise and the vibration that's, that's coming in from the entire universe. Mm-hmm. Something big is coming and we're all here to, to spread the light to everyone. Mm-hmm. I love that you're spreading it through your passion for human design and what all it's done for you. So um, I want to be a quote unquote good interviewer and loop back because I love our flow and our dance. Um, So how do you see that um, what I refer to as shadow work or we've called it shedding your shit or releasing heavier, lower vibrations, whatever you want to refer to it as, how do you see that as related to human design? Mm. So in human design, anything, the negative expression of the gifts that your soul shows for you shows up as fear. For instance, fear of the future. Mm. And the positive side of that gift would be intuition about the future and knows Mm. for the future an understanding of the future, a feeling for the future. And when, if you're, really you know not loving your design and you look at your human design chart you get a reading on your human design chart and a lot of it is like what that doesn't sound like me then this is an invitation to experiment to try you know maybe one piece of your chart a week and start feeling into it and experimenting it with it and saying like well what if I am really good at that what do I what if I just played with it and found out what would happen if I did try to live in that way. The conditioning 
it's our job to like shake it off again, shed the shit, but I'm picturing a dog shaking. Like we just got to shake it off. And this is where the coaching comes in. This is where, well, it's just this giant experiment that we're all going through mm-hmm. to see what if, what if everything everyone else told me was maybe right for them, but not right for me. Mm. My whole, when I started my coaching business, I chose the phrase, find your awesome, because I really, truly, and I've already said this, believe that everyone is different. There's no right way for everyone to do it. And we all have our own unique greatness, which is what I call our awesome. And it's been covered up in so many layers of shoulds. And this is our invitation to clear out all of those shoulds. And it's like stripping layers and layers and layers until we see the bright, shiny sparkle of our awesome. Mm-hmm. And then to own that, embrace it, and wear it as a freaking jacket, mm-hmm. metal, whatever, bling, whatever you want to wear it as. But to own it and step into it and let that guide you, let that be what, what introduces you when you walk into a room. Let it be your, your true energy and not mm-hmm. all the masks and layers that you're wearing on top of it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Still don't know if I answered such, your question. You did. You totally <laughs> did. I mean, whether or not people who are listening feel you did, that's their, <laughs> they can email you. They can. Um, so one of the things that I'm brought back to right now is time. Because I asked you how long, just because, I don't know, felt like a maybe normal quote unquote place to start. But the reality is that you saying you've been doing this for about a year or whatever um, is in no way representative of both your energetic investment in becoming um, I would call a human design expert. Um, and I loved the other day on your podcast, um, with Zach talking about like, people shouldn't call themselves experts, but other people can call you experts. So I am owning calling you a human design expert. Um, and I think it's a beautiful comment as I've walked with you through parts of this journey. What I've noticed from the outside is twofold. One, you clearly have a huge gift around this. It lit you up. This was something that was called um, the original person who channeled human design, um, taught for a while, but there's not like extensive information. Um, A lot of other people, at least from what I've seemed to have gleaned, have come along and been called to it and kind of furthered the work. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, so it seems like this is something that it's not an accident that people know, I just got truth bumps, um, that people know that they are soul called to continue this work and to spread it. It, And it's fairly new. It's from the late eighties. Um, it's a combination of some very ancient things, astrology, I Ching, Kabbalah, the chakra system, but it's, um, you know, one of the things that I think is so fascinating about this I swear I have a question at the end of this (laughs) about this point in time in human history is sometimes as I've investigated various modalities or various systems or things, I'm like, where was its origin? How long ago was it? Oh my gosh. 
this thing may have been really helpful for people or really progressive that was created in the 1940s, but holy crap, the energy, the vibration, the frequency that's available to us now, almost 80 years later, is so radically different. And so it's funny to me because sometimes I think we can say if a system is relatively quote unquote new, that maybe it's not as relevant or time tested or whatever. And some of the ancient stuff like fan freaking tastic. And also let's continue to build on these things so that they are aligned with what people who are being born with current operating systems that are meant to be taking on the vibration of that's so much higher on earth now can relate to and use it and continue to bring it forward. And I feel like that's another piece of the power of human design is its roots are in some very ancient things, but it's like the new um, continued evolution. I would call it transcending and integrating because you're bringing multiple aspects together is true. Instead of saying you have to pick astrology or Kabbalah or I Ching or chakras, it's all integrating it and moving it forward. And I feel like you are one of the stewards of this. So all of this to say, um, I just want to kind of bring forth the fact that yes, a year's time is one thing, but the combination of you being sold, soul called and the, and that this is a system that um, really doesn't have a ton of people successfully translating it and helping people integrate it and all that. Like you're at the forefront of this still. Um, and I think, you know, however long from now, if you still, if your manifesting generator tendency has you still doing human design, you'll look back and be like, wow, yeah, I did really get in on a movement um, of something that has become massively helpful for people. So with all of that being said, um, I'm curious what your, your current offering is um, to do a full chart, a full human design reading. And that takes what, about an hour? Yeah, about an hour. It depends on an hour to an hour and a half. Okay. Awesome. And what do people get when they get a quote unquote full chart reading? Mm. They get, we go over their energy type. We go over their profile. We go over their, all of the gifts their soul chose for them, all of the ways that they're, that their soul chose for them to move through this life, to dance with the energy so that they'll feel freer. Mm. We go through all of that. And we do some coaching because I can't help myself um, to help people figure out like, oh, where are you not living this? What parts of your life are you embodying this? Where aren't you? What would be different if you did? Yeah, and connecting those dots in their own aha Mm -hmm. moment. And how does all of this, um, in your view, relate to people living their life purpose? This is the reminder. We, okay, so uh, when reading my human design chart, my life purpose revolves around being intuitive with other people, deeply connecting with others Mm -hmm. and being intuitive for them. That's something, like, who says that about themselves? That if that's the story I tell myself, I'm like, who says that? Like, who am I to say that 
I'm intuitive with other people. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Which so you totally are. Thank you. I guess I am. <laughs> you know, it's one of the, I'm still stepping into that. I'm still, mm-hmm. and I can back up. I can see the steps to this. I can see when yeah. I, I was in a coaching group. This is like right after I finished coaching school. So maybe like five years ago, I was in this group and there were weekly tarot polls and I'd always ask for a poll and I was never surprised at all by the answer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the coach who did the poll was always like, Kelsey, you can do this. Like Kelsey, that's because you know this. And then I'd have the Mm -hmm. same experience with another intuitive friend of mine. I'd be like, oh, I always know this stuff you tell me. And she's like, that's because you can do this. And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, so I see all the mm-hmm. steps. Mm-hmm. And then when my human design just screams in all these different parts, screams intuition, 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 intuitive, intuitive, intuitive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Is that, I guess there is a theme here. Yeah, there absolutely is. And your intuitive knowing is what brought you to human design in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And I your back intuitive up. ability to, yeah. I want to say something about like the time. I think it's really interesting. We ha- we're conditioned as humans to think like when somebody has been doing something a long time, they must like all the experience. Must right. They really must good. be good at it. Yeah. But there's so many instances I can think of. Well, are they, are they still excited about it? Are they still passionate? Right. Are they still, are they open-minded or does that mean they're super close-minded about everything because they think they know it all because they've been doing it for so long? Right. Now, I don't know why I was called to human design. I think it's fascinating because I think that the comparison with Gene Keys was so eye-opening for me as I was just like, it's so not pulled down that rabbit hole one little bit. Mm-hmm. I, could make I don't even know what Gene Keys are. I think I can't remember if I told you, but the one takeaway I got from it is it uses a lot of English words, not in the way that we use them in the English language. And then there's one part of it that said that um, I had like a tendency towards depth, deafness around like ages around age 13. And both of my eardrums ruptured when I was 14. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's interesting. And that's the only only thing I could make sense of in the gene keys. And also something I would not want to know in advance. No. No. <laughs> um, yeah. And I brought, that's why I brought up the whole time thing and then went on and on about, like, to me, what qualifies you as, a, as an expert and the fact that a year, to me, it's not about, because there's, totally an automatic assumption. If I've been doing it for a decade, I must be good at it. If I've been doing it for a year, I must be a newbie. And is it worth it or not to invest my, I don't know what you're currently charging, 250, 300 bucks for an hour, hour and a half of this woman's time. Um, Does she even know what she's talking about? And, and I don't know what the hell you and I talk a lot about. Um, money and all money stories that exist in our society. And that's a whole other track for another day. But I think time is another one that's a really, really interesting. I mean, if you think about the dial, so I 
was in project management um, in my corporate life. And the dials that you could look at to affect a project would be time, when you, ex when you expect it to be done, your scope, how, how big of a project are you doing, and your resources, how many people are gonna be working on it, right? Those are kind of like the three things. I was just talking to architect friends the other day. They have similar three things. They, they, I couldn't tell you exactly what they call them, but it's the same, it's the same no matter where you go in life. And so it's fascinating because if you think about that, we were talking about these money stories, well, that would probably be along with resources and time is this thing that we all are so fixed into certain beliefs around that about how fast something can get done or how long you must do something in order to for X, Y, or Z. And I'd like to just blow all that up right now. Yeah, <laughs> I really, truly, as everyone I ever coached in Maine knows, I don't believe in age. I would mm. just like a flat out call bullshit to someone's face when they would say like, well, Kelsey, I'm 50. I can't do a triathlon. I'd be like, well, look at all these other people who are 50, 60, 70, 80, right. and 90. They're doing triathlons. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. So what's actually, why, why do you actually believe you can't do it? Yeah. Or why do you not want to do it? Or what's really going on here? Um, which is what's so fun about the coaching aspect. But yeah, I mean... I know you are not a salesy person. I am not a salesy person either. But one thing that I am is a cheerleader of things that I believe in. And so um, that whole line of questions and random babble and all the things is to say, if you're listening, you haven't had a human design reading with Kelsey yet. It is well worth your time investment, your energetic, emotional investment, and your monetary investment because um, it's a game changer. And you know, I can't tell you how often I talk to somebody and the root of their current suffering is not understanding what their life purpose is. And at the same time, sometimes people are living their life purpose, but they don't have words for it. And so there's a disconnect there because we talk a lot about how your head is still a part of your body <laughs> and the head and the heart get to move together through life. They don't need to be at, at odds. Um, so if we don't have conscious words to orient ourselves to what our purpose is to go along with what's going in our body or whatever, then, you know, we might not feel we're living our purpose or um, people might genuinely be living pretty far from their purpose. And as soon as they find out what that is and what those gifts are, they were given that's, that are totally obvious in your human design chart once you have it read and once you start to understand it you could dig deeper in it then you see how all of those gifts line up to create that perfect purpose for you and so to me it's like i had this question and i know i've told you the story kelsey but i feel much like you about my human design purpose of like almost like who am i to say that i'm this and i can say so easily to you that you are super intuitive and that your gifts are quite often around the intuition for other people and also for yourself, but that you're super clear and you're so loving and compassionate in your delivery of your, your purpose. It's all, it all aligns. You live it constantly. And at the same time, of course, there's some part of our human selves that go, who me? Um, 
<laughs> because I see so clearly that you are love in every mm. corner and facet of your being and in everything you do, you are love. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And that was my human design aha when we had our little 15 minute call. So a couple years ago, I was in Switzerland. I knew I needed to visit. I read a book that uh, was called Reveal by Megan Watterson. It talked about her seeing a black Madonna in a church in Switzerland. And I, I was going to Switzerland anyway. I knew I had to go see this. I didn't grow up religious. I didn't know why I was being called to go see it. I did. I sat in front of her and black Madonna and meditated because I didn't know what else you were supposed to do in that situation. It seemed like the only logical thing to do. And then I started walking around the church and I had the realization that the questions that I have about life and about my own life are the same questions that human beings have had on this planet and have asked for thousands of years. And um, that have brought people to churches, for example. And then I felt literally Mother Mary and Jesus energy come in. And I, at the time, wasn't doing as much healing as I'm doing now as far as, as knowing what those energies felt like. But I just knew. And they said, you are here to be a beacon of unconditional love. And I thought, holy shit, who me? And I ended up back in my hotel in the fetal position on the phone with my coach at the time. It was pre-scheduled. They probably knew that I would need support going, how can I even say this out loud, let alone attempt to try to live this? And then enter Kelsey into my life a few years later and this human design reading and you go, your life purpose is a vessel of love. And I was like, okay, well, holy shit. I believe this thing because it happened to me. And what I love about that is ever since that incident happened to me in Switzerland, I've thought to myself, how does anyone learn what their purpose is? How do you, how do you, if you know you're missing understanding what your purpose is, how do you like make it happen? Like, I didn't know I was going to travel to Switzerland and go give it, receive it as a gift. And so I, I had this question in my mind of like, well, how do you produce this? And then along comes Kelsey and my human design matches that up exactly. And so I was like, oh, this is how. Like, you don't have to actually fly this with, I, I'm glad I had that experience, but you don't have to try to create some pilgrimage to have your purpose dropped into you and just be wandering around, wondering when it's going to happen. You can jump on a call with Kelsey and by the end of it, you can know what your freaking life purpose is. I mean, that's like uh, the best $300 I would ever spend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can coach around that for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we might come up with it. But human design is definitely oh. the fast track. Right. And Tina, I remember, I remember when I read your chart during that, like to prep for that 15-minute session, and I remember reading the vessel of love part. And I remember feeling it like a drop from my heart into my belly. Like it was like a mm. truth mm. right there. It felt so good. That, and I mean, like that we said, we, we didn't even know each other yet. No, no. Yeah. I just love it. And I think what you're doing with human design and the dedication that you show. So you most recently spent um, 
a whole handful of days. It was a weekend long course, but it was taking place in London and you did it from home. So talk a little bit about that, like total master's program you recently did to take your next level step with, with human design. Yeah. So like I started out saying the first thing to understand is your energy type in human design. And then there's so much more and there's, there's so much more that I can't tell you about yet. Uh, There's more layers. There's so much more for me to learn, but Oh, there are. So the chart, it shows the centers of your body that are lit up and those that are open, the open centers are for you to, you're going to feel other people's energy in those centers and you're going to amplify them. The defined or lit up centers, those are the places where you've got your own energy. You're also the places where you're more buffered from conditioning. So oh, we get into all of those. Every line of, of the human design profiles indicates something different. Um, we've got these gates and channels and the, when, when we're with certain people, like Tina and I together have, well, the alpha female channel. And we also have the, the finder flow channel where we're passionate about finding our own flow and passionate, like driven to help other people find their flow. And it's so fun to, to know how, like to see how other people in your life match up and all the similarities in our charts and then all the things that, oh, look at this, together we make magic. We make a different level of magic. Mm-hmm. I love that. What's, what's the thing about human design right now, where you are in your journey that you're most curious about? You know, I'm curious about everything. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I don't know. That question's too big for me. Can you make it smaller? Okay. What, what, yeah. What's just one thing you're curious about right now? You didn't make it much smaller. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I guess one, one thing you've seen in the last couple days. Okay. I recently had a session with somebody who we talked a tiny bit about the other members in her family and their mm. charts in her reading and just being able to see how the family interacts. Mm-hmm. That is so fun you know in some that's fascinating that the two-year-old might be essentially the leader of the family (laughs) because of how their energy is their energy may feel huge to you and you don't know why maybe it's because they're a manifester just imagine you know what would it have been like if your parents knew your human design and were able to celebrate your gifts and keep like allowing you to lean into them as a little kid. If your parents and your teachers knew all of these things, it would have been a total game changer for me. I can't, I, I really truly can't imagine it. And I think it would be such a gift for parents today to give that to their kids. So I can't help but know that it was 11-11 as you said that. And um, yeah, like, 
the first thing I think of when you said what what would have been like if your parents knew your design, I thought, and what if what if everybody was living their own and knew yours, right? Like holy shit, the ripple effect we're able to make by living our own design and then having the space be open and curious enough to learn other people's and value them exactly as they are and also call them to their highest truth through love and asking them what lights them up and asking them what flow looks like for them. Um, God, yeah, our world's going to be so different and we're already on the way. What if it just like for all of us, it just felt easy. What if instead Mm. of pushing, we felt like we were being pulled constantly in a good way. Yeah. Guided. (sighs) Led. Yeah. That feels really good for me. So good. It feels awesome. It feels awesome. Is there anything else that we didn't touch upon that you would have liked me to ask you about? No, this has been fun. This has been fun. Get into any nitty gritty on the different types. And that's because apparently this wasn't the time to do that. And we'll do that later. Well, you know, before we started, um, I advocated for a series. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So this might be part one. Who knows? We did the high level overview today. Um, I hope a ton more people as a result of this get to benefit from your readings um because they're phenomenal and i'll be completely candid with um the listeners right now kelsey and i met because of well we had been connected on facebook because of the shared coaching program um she was honestly one of the few people who i still followed from initially saying kind of yes to everybody who was who was coaching and then a lot of the things that you talked about early in the show around um, kind of the way that manifestation and marketing, all those things kind of get permeated through that, that coaching culture. Kelsey was one of the few left who would still show up on my feed. Um, and so when she was offering these, these 15 minutes, I said, yes. And as soon as I got off the phone, um, my soul was like, you need to sign up with coaching for her. I didn't even know I was looking for a coach. So I was like, Oh, cool. Thanks soul. Um, sweet. And, but I remember what my conscious ask of you was, is can we do this coaching thing? And can we please make sure to include human design? Um, because it's the both and of, I want to continue to shed any shit that's in my way. And I want my North star to know where I'm really going. Mm-hmm. I want to look towards something that's worth going through whatever it is you go through when you shed shit. And, and you are amazing at that. Thank you. I want to share my perspective on that. Cause I want people to know it's possible to just be your sparkly self, do something that totally lights you up, totally excites you, which for me is human design Do it, give it with no expectations, just play and have mm-hmm. fun. And then have somebody say, hey, can I work with you? Instead of the like, hey, so if you want to work together in the future, here are the ways we can work together. And I'd love to work with you. And obviously I'm making it sound so much worse than it can be. But like, but that's how you hear it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But when we're our sparkliest selves, people are drawn to us. 
And the, yeah. pe- the people that are supposed to be drawn to us are the people who are drawn to us. Yeah. Because we're definitely supposed to be together. <laughs> you didn't even technically have a human design and coaching offering no. at the point in time that I signed up for that. Just say it. No, you created it. Thank you. We did. We co-created. Yeah. Always. Love it. Love it. So um, hopefully people know they can find you at KelseyAbbott.com. K-E-L-S-E-Y-A-B-B-O-T-T.com. And um, they can find out more about your human design offerings because I know you don't want to be doing that, but I get to because... I am a walking testimonial of how fantastic you are and um, how much this particular perspective. And, you know, I come from a background of knowing a decent amount of astrology. Um, I have a family member who's a professional astrologer and has been for 30 years. And so it's always been kind of on the radar. And then more recently, I've, I've started to, to lean into understanding it more. And I've had a number of readings. And I have to say what you provided, and I'm not trying to either or in any way, because I'm still curious about astrology, but what you provided in human design to me was a lot more actionable and practical in addition to it being the permission and the high level and the like. Um, so in case people are coming at human design from a, because it does feel a little bit like you're pulling up a birth chart since you're putting in all the same data that you put in an astrology chart. Um, but I do feel like it has a functional difference and that's probably why when spirit channeled this, um, down to earth that it combined these four systems together because spirit was probably trying to, okay, you've got some systems that work, but let's make it a little bit more practical and a little bit more understandable, a little bit more grounded in action. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I could plug you and human design all day long. I'm a walking testimonial. Um, but I'm just grateful that you invited me to have this conversation with you and to get to pick your brain and your heart <laughs> and your gut a little bit more. I adore you. Thank you so much, Tina. You're welcome. And of course, I have one last question. Uh-oh. If you were making a billboard today, what would your billboard say? I want to make sure I answer this from my gut. Is the first thing that came through for me was be love. And I don't even know where that came from. But you know what? I'm going to go with it. That's what it would say. I love love. it. Because we're not supposed to rationalize. We're not supposed to question where things come from. No, let it be. And let people interpret it in their own way. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, clearly I love that and I love you and I love everybody listening, sending you all sparkly universal love and hopefully the seed has been planted that more of these will come. Before we close this out, I want to invite everyone listening to feel that love from Tina because it feels so sparkly and it's so light. And just let yourself bask in it for a second. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. No. But just be in that light. Allow yourself to see it. Mm. You're not crazy. 
Just embrace it. It's mm. that powerful. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group, Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.